my name's Duncan James from the British boy band Blue. Taking over your radio with Joey Groff. My latest guest today has been one-fourth of one of the UK's most iconic boy bands. Now, these guys have gone through a lot of ups and downs over the years, but through 18 years of friendship, they have been able to stay together. And they haven't been back in Australia in a very, very long time, but they returned to tour around with Aqua, the Venga Boys, Bewitched, Eiffel 65 for So Pop. This is basically... The 90s and noughties reuniting for a massive tour. I am joined right now by Duncan James from Blue. Duncan, it is an absolute pleasure. Hey, nice to speak to you. You too, mate. I want to start right back at the beginning because for some, they may not know how you guys came to be a boy band. For others, uh, they may not know the real story. Uh, I'd love to hear exactly how you guys got together because you and Anthony Costa who have known each other since you were about 15, 16 years of age kind of started the band and then you had to I guess kind of convince Lee and and Simon to be in the group is that how it happened? Um, Look, I think the the realness of it was that obviously me and Anthony knew each other but you know how things get fabricated over years. Record companies want you to say one thing to create a story of how you guys really met. The fact of the matter is we all answered an advert in, this, in a magazine in England called This Stage. This, they were putting together a boy band. So we all turned up to the audition, except Simon. So Lee was there, Anthony was there, who I knew. We all got picked to be in this band. I had already met Lee before. Simon had, um, Anthony had already met Lee before. So basically, we all knew we all knew each other. They picked two other guys to be in the band with us, and then right before the day we signed up record deal, the record company decided to give the chop to the two other guys. So it was just me, Anthony, and Lee. And then we went on a hunt to find a fourth member, and that's when we got Simon involved because Lee and Simon knew each other really well. We all met Simon, loved him, we wanted him in the band. So that's how it kind of really happened, the actual real story. And then were you guys involved much in the process of, of course, obviously a new group together, um, getting in and writing music, or was that because you guys were so fresh, you know, that you were kind of looked after in that way with the first kind of record? Um, We're from a very manufactured kind of time in pop music where... You know, record labels were a great big dominant part of the music industry. I mean, it's so different now. You know, record companies, are it's a very different entity now, especially with social media, especially with um, streaming and, and downloading. Uh, you know, it's it's completely different now. So back then, when the record companies were at their, at their heyday, it was all about getting a band together, getting them in the studio, getting albums churned out and touring around the world, promoting yourself and, you know, working hard and getting hits and getting a fan base. It was very different. And we were very lucky that we we went into the studio with some really good producers. Um, and then the next thing, you know, we had people like Elton John wanting to sing with us and do a song with us and Stevie Wonder. And we were very, very lucky that actually because of the songs and the success that we had internationally, 
uh, we got to be able to work with all these incredible other artists. And then, you know, five years later, we we'd, we'd sold over 16 million albums, which was a huge, a huge uh, deal, especially for, a, you know, a, a British band. Duncan James, one fourth of blue, is my guest this afternoon. We are catching up uh, as they are about to kick off. So pop right around Australia. You'll be able to catch the Venga Boys, Eiffel 65, of course, Blue, and so many more. We're going to chuck on Blue's biggest ever track, All Rise, and be back to talk more with Duncan in just a moment. So pop, it kicks off in Perth this weekend. It's going right around Australia. You'll be able to see acts like Aqua, Mr. President, and of course, the boys from Blue. I'm talking with Duncan James at the moment about the upcoming tour, which kicks off very, very soon. Duncan, um, are you guys as a group making music together, or is this kind of just a little bit of a catch-up? Yeah, to be honest, we haven't been to Australia for 18 years or 17 years or something ridiculous like that, and um, to get an opportunity to come back over here and to tour and to sing some of our songs and reconnect again with some of the fans is just a great opportunity for us, and like I said, we've all got different projects we're working in a minute. I'm about to start in a musical called The Rocky Horror Show. I'm playing Dr. Frankenfurter, so as soon as I finish this tour, I'm going back to the UK to tour with the Rocky Horror Show oh, as a transvestite in heels and all sorts <laughs> of madness. So, so for me, coming to Australia, having a bit of a a bit of a holiday and yeah. a bit of a working holiday uh, for a few weeks before I go back into my other job is was just a great opportunity. And we all had this time off, um, and we just was like, why not? Let's go back to Oz. It's such a beautiful place. Uh, the guys that come and see us will remember some of our hits. They will know some of the songs when they hear them, and they will enjoy it. And uh, we'll all have a really, really great night out, and everyone have lots of fun. Anyone else on the bill that you've been, uh, I guess, a massive fan of? You know, Aqua or Mr. Funnily enough, today, um, we just all went down for breakfast, and a lot of the guys just arrived last night. So we ended up having breakfast with the Aqua girl, um, Lena, and uh, we met the guy, the bald-headed guy, um, <laughs> Rennie, Rene, yeah. and we met the Bewitch girls. They were here at breakfast this morning, and, you know, we love them girls. From, we did a, a show in the UK called The Big Reunion with them, so they were great, Bewitched. Um, and I think the Eiffel 65 guys have just arrived. So it's it's like a big pop um, cult gathering. Yeah. Um, and the Venga Boys, of course, are going to be on tour as well. So it's going to be a really good show. If you haven't got tickets, I definitely recommend you come down and see the shows. Um, there's a website. You can check it all. And uh, it's going to be a really great trip down memory lane with songs that you guys remember from the you know, the late 90s, early noughties. I think it will be a really fun, exciting uh, night out. And uh, everyone can let their hair down and think about their worries and and relive some of their, their, their best memories. It is going to be a massive party. And if you do go, you will see acts like this. Aqua, here they are now. Barbie Girl, we'll be back with more from Duncan James from Blue in just a sec. Joey Groth here with you today, joined by Duncan James from Blue. Now, he's currently in the country with the rest of the boys as they tour around with Eiffel 65, Aqua, Mr. President, and so many more for Soap Pop, which is kicking off in Perth this weekend. Now, Duncan, I think more than any other boy band, you guys have been through a lot of ups and downs, especially, obviously, the massive bankruptcy you guys had to go through just a few years ago. In your own personal life, too, you've gone through a lot of changes um, from, obviously having a daughter uh, and 
obviously getting a divorce with your ex-partner and then coming out as being bisexual and then again coming out and saying that you are gay. Um, And you did that in a time when it wasn't really as accepted, of course, as it is right now. That, That must have been a really tough time. Yeah, I mean, look, nowadays it's it's really not a big deal mm. as was as it was say 10, 20 years ago, you know, it was a lot harder I think to come out because of stigma because of you know, people I think I think with with the whole LGBT thing coming a much more people's forefront now, you know, it's we have reality TV stars who are openly gay, we have um actors uh, sportsmen, we have singers coming out, and we have it in our, in our faces a lot more. Um, before, I think it was probably more of a kind of people didn't necessarily want to have to talk about it because they felt maybe insecure, they felt vulnerable, whatever they felt. Yeah. And I think it was um, not so much in society's forefront, you know, as it is as it is now, and it's much more accepting. Um, and I think. I didn't come out until I was 30, so I came out 10 years ago, but obviously I knew from when I was much younger that I, I had um, these these sexual differences to, yeah. to what I was portrayed as. So I knew that it was something I had to deal with at some point, but I was just frightened really, and I just was scared to actually bite the bullet and say it because I didn't want to um, shame anybody or lose fans or, you know, and I think, why would I shame anybody? Why would I lose fans just because of my sexuality? But I can say that now because I've come out the other side and I look back at it and I'm like, you know, why did I go through all those, those things in my head? Why did I, why did I have all that, the carry all that, that heaviness around for so long and that burden? And actually... I haven't done anything wrong, you know. It's 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 not shameful. It's it's not wrong, and it's just who I am. And if if people don't want to accept that, then that's their issue, not mine. And I think I went through a lot of these kind of thoughts and everything. But now I, I have to say I'm I'm the happiest that I am because I am openly gay. I'm very proud to be gay. My family have accepted my fans, my friends, you know, and and I feel so much. I don't have this this burden on my shoulders anymore, and um, I, I feel, you know, I had to play it out, unfortunately, with the media again because mm. in this industry, everything that you do goes through the media when you're in this industry. But you know, it, it it's great, and 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 I have to say to people out there who have um, the fear and and being scared and being vulnerable, I think it's really important. You know, we live in a day now where it's so much about mental health awareness Mm. and it's really important for people to talk and we don't do that enough and I think it's great to be honest and to be open and to be able to share your experiences with others, for others to listen. Some people may disagree and not like it and that's great, that's fine. Other people may listen to you and go, I want to, you know, take a little bit of this and, and, and use for myself because if somebody like him could do it then why can't I do it and you know what I think if I can help one person that's amazing if I can help a hundred people that's also amazing you know yeah so I, I'm, I'm a very much an advocate for for people to be proud of who they are to come out and to shine and and to say hey this is me Joey Groth here with you the Savo joined by Duncan James from Blue we will be back to chat more in just a moment so Pop kicks off around the country in Perth this weekend. You're going to be able to see bands like Aqua, Eiffel 65, the Vanga Boys, and of course, the boy band Blue. And I'm joined by one of the members from that band, Mark Duncan. 
I am joined by one of the members of that band, Duncan James. Now, you boys have been stitched up a lot by UK television over the years. I think one of the funniest moments I've heard about is the time that you guys were in a bar in Ibiza and you and one of the other guys had to go ride a banana boat, but it wasn't a banana boat, it was a giant blue penis. Yeah, I mean, you know, they get us to do all these kind of crazy things when you're when you're doing these type of reality shows. Yeah. So basically, cut a long story short for your listeners, we got asked to do, um, which we believed was a television series in Ibiza where we had to run a bar. Yeah. So we thought it, the whole premise was about us running a bar, how we can make the bar profitable, and how we can make it fun and bring bring people into drinking our bar and make it a great success. So you went that's what we thought the pre- like this is going to be legit, this is serious, like we're going to turn yes. someone's business around, we're doing like the proper yes. job. Yep. And we thought it was a reality show about us running this bar and all the, you know, the things that will happen in everyday life. And we are quite a, a notoriously hilarious band when you get to know us because we've got quite strong characters in it and lots of crazy things always happen to us. Yeah. But little did we know that everybody in the bar, the barman, um, the just everybody, the ER people, everybody was an act, was an actor setting us up, and it was like a massive punked <laughs> prank show where everybody around us was actors, and we didn't know. We thought they were genuine, like bar people or PR people or people on the island that were here, to, you know, to help us. But they were all rehearsed scripted actors that were having meetings about what they were going to do to us every single day and they just let everything play out so you know one day they were like let's go on an inflatable banana boat and you're going to be handing out flyers and shouting to other people on boats and on the beach come to the bar and we'll film it'll be really great we'll get you guys it's promotion you guys are on the sea or going around you know, telling everybody to come to your bar, um, you know, it would be great. We're so stupid. We didn't, you know, you just get the, this blue thing is, is is moored up on the side and everyone's like, right, put your helmet on, your safety jackets on, get on the get on the banana boat carefully. We don't want any accidents. So you're like, okay, great, 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 on it. And here we go and off we go. You know, we didn't even realize that we were, it was a giant inflatable blue penis with blue balls at the back. You know, it was just, I mean, it was just everything did was just hilarious they set us up and then you got me and lee going we're blue come to our bar just on a big on a big inflatable i mean it's just and then, and i think they put the caption is which one's the blue penis oh that is absolutely awesome <laughs> i mean so they good. really they really had us yep. in in every kind of way they could have us really and uh, yeah it was it was fun Duncan James has been my guest today. He's been giving us a very insightful look into what it's like to be a part of the boy band Blue back in the early noughties. These guys are going to be performing alongside Duncan and the rest of the boys from Blue. This is the Venga Boys. We'll be back to wrap it up with Duncan in just a sec. Hello, it is Joey Groth here with you today, joined by Duncan James from Blue. He's currently in Australia with the rest of the boys touring around with Aqua, the Venga Boys, Eiffel 65 for Soap Pop. It's going to be kicking off in Perth uh, over the weekend. Now, you guys have done a lot of stuff over your career, uh, including being a part of Eurovision, which we're just getting ready to find out who's going to be our act this year. Um, so you guys... I know. Involved. Australia decides. Yeah. Australia decides. I follow... I'm a big Eurovision fan, and I'm actually uh, a huge fan of Courtney Act, um, who's doing super great in the UK at the minute. She's obviously just... 
Um, just she won a Big Brother Celebrity Big Brother over there, and then she has her own TV show over there, and she's just like huge in the UK. Yep. I'm a big, big fan of Courtney, so I know she's doing um, Australia Decides, and I'm really rooting for her because I think she's just great. And of course, there really is nothing else like Eurovision in the world, so it must have been an interesting experience for you guys uh, back in 2011 when you decided to be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, we got a lot of stick for doing it. Um, a lot of people said it was career suicide. It was a really dangerous thing to do. And I think that is because the UK don't embrace the Eurovision like other countries. Um, and I think that's because we as, a, we as a country have been quite jaded because, you know, we haven't had great success in Eurovision. I don't think that the UK is particularly liked around Europe at the moment. Yep. The last few years have been quite tumultuous for us. You know, there's been a lot of issues with all this bloody Brexit stuff that's been going on. So, you know, we're not a popular we're not a popular country. Yeah. Even though we we only came eleventh. Yeah. I think we were the we, we we would have come in the top five if it had just been a, a, a phone vote. You know, they do they do fifty percent a judging panel yeah. and fifty percent goes to like a phone vote. If it was just the phone if people just voted on us, we would have been top five. But because a lot of the judging panels it was unfair of a band of our nature to do it they thought we had a, an advantage over some bands and we were we would mark lower and I don't know it's just we just thought okay hey we've done a great job we are really proud of what we did and actually nobody has got higher position than us ever since we did it in the UK I mean I think we just come last pretty much every year now <laughs> <laughs> so to come 11 we say is to come one is to come first twice well, Duncan, unfortunately, that's our time up today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for being so open and honest uh, and cannot wait to see you and the rest of the guys at Soapop. Thank you for having me, and um, I really appreciate your time as well, and I hope to see you guys all at the Soapop concert. So see you there.